0: Episode 59 of Strange Brow Radio, I am again your host, Tobe Johnson, and our guest today is Chris Brown, witness to a spectacular UFO experience, actually a couple, in Sublimity, Oregon. He's got quite a a well-known case in the circles of uh, MUFON, and so we're going to talk about Chris's experience those years back. But again, thank you to our sponsors. Let's take a moment here to thank Manresa Castle in Port Townsend, Washington. March 7th is where you can find us for our podcast live with Marcia K. Moore. We'll be talking about the elongated skulls, or she calls them the longheads. That's March 7th from 6 to 9, free show at the castle, Manresa Castle in Port Townsend. All right, we'll be right back with our guest, and I'll tell you more about him in a moment. Witness Chris Brown was minding his own business one day when he came upon a very spectacular site in the town of Sublimity, Oregon, Just outside of what is known as Silverton, Oregon, or Salem, Oregon, or the Abiqua Basin. Now, this is a very peculiar area, and we talk a little bit about that, but uh, just to let people know, there have been multiple UFO and cryptid encounters near Sublimity. In fact, it seems like a hotbed of supernatural activity. Perhaps it is one of these skin twins I've spoken about before, but Chris has a very detailed report that was filed away and will be linked on the show notes to this website from one of the Oregon or Washington MUFON caseworkers. So that is a very interesting thing to look over and the details surrounding Chris's initial and secondary encounter. So I hope you enjoy this show. If you have any questions and would like to be a guest on this show, shoot me an email at strangebrowradio at gmail.com. Don't forget patreon.com forward slash strangebrowradio. There will be a cost reduction coming up for those who are part of the second tier of the Patreon episode. So we'll tell you more about that in a second or at the end of the show. And, of course, our merchandise can be found at strangebrowradio.com. All right, here is the interview with witness Chris Brown. All right, I'm here with Chris Brown. Loud and clear, are you there, Chris? I am. Okay, good. This took, uh, took some doing to get you standing in the right spot. And uh, I think as long yeah. as the connection holds up, uh, we should be good to go. Um, as we were just speaking about... Chris, uh, I know your story a little bit. It's been some time. Actually, you know what? I've never actually interviewed you, but I've only heard your story. So this will really be the first time that you and I have spoken uh, one-on-one about what happened to you. And um, if anybody has ever heard the name Chris Brown, it would be in the context of this amazing encounter. And I'm sure quite a few things have happened since that time. So, if you wouldn't mind, introduce yourself to the folks and um, tell them exactly what happened.
1: Yeah, uh, you know, I'm Chris Brown. I'm, uh, you know, over here in, uh, well, right now I'm in Roseburg, Oregon, but I'm, I was in Sublimity, Oregon, which is uh, about 15 miles outside of Salem, the capital. And it was, um, I was, uh, well, at that time, it was 2011, I was, uh, out there watered my my yard i um it was kind it was probably uh i guess what month it was it was it was august and i had been out there kind of been taking care of my yard and trying to get under control and i went in the backyard to go water do my nightly watering and i was i actually took a nap and i'd kind of woken up late and it was like eight fifty p.m by the time i went out there and started watering i noticed when i looked on my my um my uh my um, uh oven there time. So I watered the back for a little bit and I pulled the hose around on the front and um it was a long hose. I had like two of them hooked up to one, you know tight so I just made one big huge thing I could go around the whole entire house. But it was always kinking up on me. So I was always having to, you know, pull it out and I drag it clear out in the middle of the road to stretch out all the kinks. Well well I come around there to do it in the front and I pulled it out in front of the road i um noticed kind of some strange lights out in the field straight down the road from me. it was just a small town population of two hundred and or two twenty hundred people I guess at that time you know it 's just nothing out of a town so this is basically surrounded by a bunch of fields you know and it 's down the one i i hadn't lived there i think at that point in time we were just there a, a little over a year um I guess I just didn't take it in as as as, as much as is as, uh, maybe I did later on down the road that I lived there, um, and then did it, but I so I pulled back the hose. I, I I started watering my yard. I put a bunch of weed killer on that day. Besides, um, yeah. so really to really of water all in, or some what a weed feed. It was some time of year, but I put it on anyway. And um, so I did that for about twenty minutes. And then I, uh, I had to pull back the hose again. Now, this is, like I say, getting toward when dark was coming. So at that point in time, it was uh, getting darker. It was, I'd say, probably 9.20 p.m. And this was uh, um, the, the 19th of August. And so, when I pulled it out in the road to get the kids out again for the second time and do the second half of the front yard, I could visibly see the first thing that just caught me was just this
2: huge,
1: gigantic dome, glass dome that was visibly just swamped behind the trees. It was sitting on top of a a disk. A huge disc. Now I couldn't get the whole size of the disc because behind that line of trees there is a valley, and all I could just see is that this thing would just swamp the whole line of trees. And I'd say, gosh, those line of trees there—that probably go for, oh boy, Toby, I couldn't say for 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 maybe two hundred and fifty yards, you know. I just was just captivated. I was like, oh my God, what's the first? I had to sit there for the first, mm, I'd say. Three minutes, of, I don't know how long it was, wondering to myself if it was even happening. As crazy as it all is, as I was sitting, sitting there second-guessing myself, is this all happening. And then the other thing of it was, is everything was dead. There wasn't cars going by. There was, And I had to look over into that into that um, field on the main road that connects state and sublimity together. And that's just like the main road. So you always get a little... Uh, traffic going there no matter what, even if it's at the deadest time, you know, you're usually gonna get something. And it was just nothing. It was like time had stopped. And I was waiting for people to go by. I was waiting for people to come by, walk, you know, go and say, hey, holy cow, wait, there's nobody there. So I'm sitting there, I, I saw the hose in my hand. I'm standing out in the middle of the, the road. And uh so I throw the hose and got it in my yard or whatever part of the yard. And I sat there looking at it, wondering if this is going on. Uh then I um felt like a a vibration, like everything went purple. Um well it started to move for a second. Just that's actually when I guess at first kind of caught me because when it wasn't moving, it was just like, okay, I'm literally blinking my eyes sitting there is this going on. But then when it started to move just a little bit, and then that and that right after that, when I, said this, um, you know, if you ever go to those 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 games, you you, you in the, at the arcade, and you put your hand on that vibrating thing, the vibrating to see how long you can hold it there, right? Okay. It was almost kind of that feeling, uh, but a real warm feeling in my body, and everything kind of started to get kind of a uh, I'd say kind of a, almost look like purple kind of color, but it was like trying to suck mm-hmm. in. That's, that's almost what I felt, and it scared me. And I go, "Oh God!" in my head, and it just stopped. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I didn't really catch up on why it it did. I now just hold, hold that me.
0: thought there for a second, Chris, because your audio. You were saying right after the purple comment, you felt like something was sucking you in. You cut out. What did you say? Mm-hmm.
1: I I felt like it was trying to suck me in, like <laughs> like my soul, like. I guess that's all I could say. It just, it, 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 the, 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 uh, you know, the magnetic field coming off of it was so heavy. Maybe it made you feel like that. All I know is I've never felt like that. And it was very scary and intimidating, uh, coming from a guy that, you know, 24 hours before one hour before would have said, no problem. Right. Ha, ha 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 until it gets there. Um, but like I said, it just happened for a second. I said, Oh god, in my head, and then it just stopped. And then um, well course I didn't get caught up in well wow, that was just whatever it was I'm still caught up and oh my god, somebody's gotta see this, right? So I ran to the neighbors, um, because I they were there and they had their, their son there and, and all that. And uh, I ran up, the, their porch light came on, their floodlight or whatever, their no motion detector. And I started to knock on the door and I stopped. And I said, What am I going to say to these people? I mean, for kind of, I didn't. I would have banging, I would have ran in the house, right? But at that point in time, I just didn't know them well. And I said, They're going to look at me like a deer in the headlights, you know? What am I going to say? And so I went back out to the road. Waiting for for people to to come by, and it's so I I didn't know. I remember I got this iPod on me, and it was like the first generation iPod. I got it for Christmas that year. You know, the kids always were playing out at that point in time, so I barely was using it. But I started kind of picking it up, you know, a couple months before that, and so I didn't know really much, really how to do it, work or really. But I, so I ran down there because by that time the light came on. Well, I'll run down underneath the streetlight. It's about, you know, about 35, 40 yards away. I'll run down underneath the streetlight so maybe I can get a better view and record it. Right? And maybe I'll record anything on it. So I'm trying to find that button. Never had I only known it was so easy, but uh, when I did figure it out. But anyway, uh, so I'm sitting there trying to figure this out. I'm underneath the streetlight. I got the iPod on the ground. My hand is shaking so bad. I got one hand actually holding my hand in place to try to punch through the buttons. Meanwhile, this thing's still there. No cars are coming by. Finally, I just gave up. Oh, my God. You know, I got to concentrate on this thing, right? And so I just kind of gave up on that, you know, as quick as I was going through all that. And then um, it ended up uh, – that's when I noticed it moved three times back and forth. And then on the top, uh, I could guess on my estimate, maybe 30 feet back and forth, you know, I guess, I don't know. Uh, the first two times. And on the third time, it moved east toward uh, Macaulay Mountain area, um, which would, do from my, my way would be, you know, Bend area. And so I found myself running back to try, well, that's actually – go a little bit more. Like I did finally start to move that's how big it was I mean I don't know. I just call a floating city that's all I could say but it and red lights that kind of were strobing counter-clo- counterclockwise back and forth from each other and, and then it kind of moved out of sight so that's to my, get back to my driveway. But as I started to run back, I noticed like directly above that area, but in space was like a, it looked like a, just like a star, like a, like a, a moving star, like a bug. If I had to, if I had to say anything, it would be like, if I threw a rock as hard as I could in the air, that's how fast it was moving in space. It it was it was to me, and I'm whoa. So that's when I I'm running back. Then I'm in my driveway. Then again, I'm trying to whip out my my um, my iPod. I gotta get this on video. Nobody's around, so I lose track of it. And then um, as I'm sitting there, kind of trying to look around to gather my wits of where I'm at, all of a sudden I, um, I just caught over my right right hand on uh, my shoulder. And actually, my dog barked. There was a little smaller craft that went over the neighborhood. As it went over the neighborhood, all the dogs in the neighborhood. It went over to the one side of the area where my my friend slid, and they had the dogs there, and they sat there and and then they sat there for a second, and then and it went away. And, uh, of course, all this is going on with nobody walking around. Now, this is a little yuppie town, uh, you know, um, nice little neighborhood I lived in. And then normally, in the summertime, nice weather, you get the older couples or whatever, people out there going on nightly strolls, you know, or just cars are always going by. I mean, it's summertime. <laughs> it was just so dead. I, I I still, to this day, just shake my head how dead it was. And um, so let's, that uh, ended up going, and uh, that was, like I said, on the 19th. So nobody was at the house at that point in time. It was just me. And by that time, I, a couple minutes later, well, I don't know how long it was, maybe not long, actually, I guess. It was probably just about 10 minutes later, so my my wife shows up. Uh, and, of course, I'm ringing into her telling her what's going on. And, you know, she could take me in is what she could do. So nevertheless, I you know it was out there it was uh, the next day i went around um i contacted my buddy over there uh on the corner that i would known for you know 30 years or whatever and asked him if he he had uh, seen anything and he um excuse me he uh he wasn't there that night he was at band practice and so i um I could walk around the neighborhood just actually kind of trying to find people out there thinking, hope well, I find someone out there standing there, I'll just hit them up or come I'm like, somebody had to see something. Right. And um, I went over to another friend's house. They didn't see anything. I, I did see a gal that was out there uh, washing her car or something. And I, and I said something to her and uh, I didn't say anything about me or uh, what I seen or anything what happened. I just said, I heard about, and she hadn't seen anything. So I had the neighbor over on the other side and, um, and I was telling her about it and uh, she's like, Oh wow. And so she went and when she went home, she had told her daughter and her daughter was like, Oh my God. And she didn't see, she just she ran right back over the house. And she said that her friends were at McCauley mountain that night, which was the direction that the big disc was going. And they seen the big disc when they were up at the mountain camping. And they tried to get video of it, but they couldn't get service at the time, right? How convenient. And um, it scared them. So they packed up their stuff and went back home. Then they came back, ranting to, 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 to Brianna and all her friends about what they had seen that night. So then when I had said that, because they had kind of thought that they were crazy, like they were just BSing them. And then when they, she heard that, she was like, oh my God, she could barely even breathe, you know? And of course, it made me feel good because just at that point in time, how I kind of thought I was going crazy. And um, so we ended up going, and I had been in for, you know, 11 nights after. I had been waiting for the thing to come back. Of course, calling on my friends, telling them what happened. At that, in between the time, too, it was such a big thing to me. i had even called the paper and the Oregonian and told them about what happened. And the gal kind of was somewhat interested. And then I went and um, I didn't really get anything back. But so I went out there. I was I was watering uh, every night, waiting for it to come back. I even had the kids out there sitting out there waiting, right? And I had a video camera then. I had a digital camera that I had all charged up. I probably got however many nights out there, me on it with watering. And I just had it running on my wrist, ready just as something came up, wham, just pull it right there, right? And it was um, on the 26th, basically. We were out there watching movies really late. We had a movie gotten done. It was close to midnight. I had to go out and do my watering thing, take care of the yard. And then uh, Colton wanted to come out with me. And he was the only youngster. I mean, they were young. It was summertime. We let him stay up. My wife had a friend over, so we let him stay up late. And he went out there to go water with me. He was only nine at the time. And uh, I was watering, kind of going to get done quick. And then he said, uh, his legs hurt. He wanted to go inside. And I'm like, well, just stand up at the curb, kind of keep an eye. I'm almost done. So I kind of tried to hurry up and went up there and walked up to the kind of the curb area where he was and said, well, I guess we're not going to see anything tonight, Colton. So I got the got the got um the camera. I turned it off. I put it in my pocket, both of us. Turned around just as we both turned around, there was this flash with a pop behind us. We just turned around instantly, and it didn't come into a into a clear exactly what it was. Um, but then it did. It came into shape. It's almost like it, like it spun in on us. Like it spun and then it, and then it. I don't know I don't really know how it did. All I know is it. It was uh. We just turned around, and then just right in front of us, it just was this bubble, and it was uh, it was making noise. It was making, it was making like a chopping noise. It was it was going counterclockwise. It was going backwards while it was going forwards. It was a all I can describe is a is a is a, a bubble. Okay, I'm a, a magnetic bubble. Um, it was it was it was electrical white on the outside. On the on and, and kind of mix in with the, the um a teal green color on the inside, and then on the inside of it was all this golden dust. Uh, I floating golden dust that was just it looked like a static TV floating around a clear sphere, which I would say I don't know the sphere was probably mm, maybe about the size of a beach ball, and within the the sphere was a red Glow. Now we couldn't see that it was in a teardrop shape until it went. It was spinning backwards while it was going forward. Until it went away from us, and we could see it was in the in the clear sphere. It was in a teardrop shape. It was some type of liquid, and it was moving at a pace of a of a of a slow walk. It, was, it wasn't moving fast. It was only I would say maybe six feet in front of me. I probably I probably could have touched it with my hand, and it went away about. Mm, about twelve feet in front of us, it sat there. It was almost for a second, like almost like, okay, Chris, here, take a picture or something. I don't know. We were just so captivated. I mean, here I was so ready, but oh my God, was I not ready for that? For crying out loud! And then it sat there for a second, spinning, and then it went over the iron plate manhole cover, kind of a little diagonally, I guess there. And then that was about I five six feet over, and then. It shot off the iron plate manhole cover, had a bunch of um, sparks that bounced around on that. Sparks came off of the transformer off, off of the, the um, uh, right above on the power pole, and it was just gone. And Colton and I both looked at each other, whoa, at the same time, right? And then right then, my wife's friend comes out. I thought, oh, my God, she's seen it too, like they're watching it out the window or something. Pfft, they ain't seeing. anything. They're just coming out. So we, I don't even know what I even said to her. I was such captivated. I know what, I said something like, did you see that? Or I tell you the truth, Toby, I can't remember all which I said. I was so captivated, you know?
0: This image, Chris, and, uh, online, I'm looking at the image, I think, of what you're describing here. It's um, mm-hmm. psych, It's totally psychedelic. It reminds me of like a Pink Floyd album cover. And uh, it's unlike anything I've ever heard described. Yeah.
1: Well, you know, um, I prayed for it to come down. That's the one thing I never, I I, I get in in between the, the first and the second encounter was that I would sit and pray for this thing to come back. And my prayer to, I guess, the UFO was for it to come back and to show me detail. And it was funny because I did tell Chuck and Laura on the one side when I went to go knock on their door, and I was telling Chuck, and Chuck, he told me, he's a huge hunter, the best hunter I ever know. And uh, he said, you know, one morning I was in there, and I was sitting there hunting, and um, I seen some, some lights going. And I know darn well that those weren't satellites. He goes, I knew what, he goes, those, were, those weren't, those were they were definitely suspicious. And so as I walked off, he goes, you aren't, he goes, I guarantee, Chris, that ain't ever going to happen again. That's what he told me. He took me in, but he, he said, oh, I go to, and then boom, that ended up happening. So, so yeah. So, anyways, to go into the story, so boom, it, it, it goes, it takes off. You know, I'm telling my wife's friend, she, uh, you know, she's like, oh, wow, you know? And um, so she leaves. Well, why does she leave? Brianna, the, uh, the neighbor girl on the other side, uh, comes home. And, uh, I'm telling her, Oh my God, Brandon, you aren't going to believe what happened. Right. And then that's actually when she would told me that, uh, more, she had more, um, uh, details on what had happened with her friends, because when she came over the first time, she didn't really know a lot of details and I And she goes, well, I'll have to ask him when I see him again. And so that's actually, I guess when I was asking her for, for, uh, you know, Hey, you talk to your friends, you know, after I said, Oh my God, you aren't going to believe what happened. And then as her and I were talking, uh, colton wasn't saying anything my my son not a word and then all of a sudden this sh- uh streak of a chunk of a disc it was this maybe to a person that would have been like not knowing what would have been wrong he might have dismissed it as a a shooting star maybe right but uh it was a chunk of a disc i mean you could see the hump of it and everything and um we all went, whoa. Well, actually, while I was sitting there talking to Brianna at that time, Colton, he was seeing that this that went over, went shooting bias was 40 feet over. Uh, I got two neighbors I'm dealing with. I they got, they got Brianna on one side and I got Chuck and Laura on the other side. So over Chuck and Laura's house, about 40 feet up, uh they're going going um over their house and he could look up above it and he has his his drawings that he wrote on on the mufon and then he said there was another one that was above it going a little bit faster and was leaving a streak behind it he had said and he couldn't say anything he was just like uh, you know i guess imagine be nine years old seeing something like that you know And he said he felt like he was in a dream, like he couldn't move, he couldn't talk, he couldn't, you know, type of thing when you're trying to get away, but you can't, right? And the only time he could is when it moved and then he could say something. And then, of course, we all said something at the same time. It moved so fast that we could all just say, whoa, at the same time, right? I mean, at a conventional traveling and only thing we could ever think of was, he would say, whoa, and then a couple seconds later, we would go, whoa, right? But it literally moved at lightning speed (laughs) <laughs> we could all just react at the same time. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm-hmm. So anyway, here it is on that day. So I go and, um, you know, go in and at that point in time. Um, I'm calling around, I'm calling people. I'm telling everybody what's going on. I'm calling all my buddies. It's all going good. The first encounter, it's going great. Get into the second encounter. It's going good. It's going all right. Okay. Then right when I got to what it looked like, what it was doing, what it, what it, what I seen, what it was showing, phone screw up on me. Well, I wouldn't even made it this far into the phone call right now, Toby. It would they would have been shut off. It had been. I dealt with that for months. I dealt with that, and then it was a few weeks after. Well, let's I hold, was, let's
0: um, hold it. Let's hold it right here because your phone broke sure. up just a bit. Are you, you're saying oh. that when you start to describe this on the phone to people, you'd uh, get interrupted somehow.
1: Yeah, the phone would uh, the cut out, and then on. Sorry.
0: <laughs> Hold on a second, Chris, because your audio sucks right now. Go back to Uh-oh. try
1: to stand right where you were. before. You I, uh, yeah, there yeah. You go. that's better. Okay. Yeah. So this was the time of the, I was using just a regular uh, phone. I wasn't using a uh, cell phone and um, it was just every time I was on, it was just going off. And um, even to the point on the computer would screw up on me. So here it was, I was out, I'd say probably about three weeks, four weeks maybe after the encounter, I was outside still taking care of my yard, doing what what I was doing. And I noticed the black Suburban come down. It wasn't anything that, it just kind of caught my eye because it was, it it came down, it was all black. It had no uh, uh, license plates on it that I seen. It was going normal speed. And then all of a sudden, when it got right in front of the house, It went really slow, creepingly slow, to just go past me, past my house, to speed right up, to go up, do a quick U-turn, to come back around, to go down and go really slow again. Now, at that point in time, I had already been gathering that something sneaky had been going on, and I was just about ready just to rip somebody's throat out because I was so frustrated. So at that point in time, that person that came back around, I caught on really that they just weren't. I don't, they were up to no good. So I gave them a really evil look on the way back around and stared at them. And, um, but, but, you know, I, that's, that's like, I, said, I never had no men in black. I just, had kind of had those, those weird things that happened to me after the, uh, after these fierce, uh, weeks and months of the encounter.
0: Did you see anybody so, in uh, the blacked out SUV?
1: I didn't see anybody. It was so dark, Toby. So dark now. Beyond the dark of any legalization that you can drive around with now. See, back in the seventies when this stuff first came out, you could have it black. You could never see in. Then when the eighties and nineties came around, they made it to where, to where you had to uh, only have them a certain amount of color. They can't be all the way tinted out. And this thing was as black as it got, and it had no license plate. It was all black. Now the neighbor, two houses over, works at the Chevrolet dealership down there. He's their master mechanic at the Chevrolet dealership right behind me. It, but you know, he's always bringing home uh, cars and all that to work on the ones that he works on at, at his lunch or something every now and then. And so you know, and, it's a, and it was a, a uh, neighborhood full of uh, well, I'd say Yukons and, and, and uh, Suburbans. All anyway, I mean, you just seen them everywhere. But this was different. And this definitely had the, uh, all, uh, definitely, um, I guess what you want to call, um, black. (laughs) Yeah. And it was just very odd why it would go normal speed to go right by me to go really slow, just to speed up as soon as it got past the house to go down and go do a U-turn to come back down again, just to do that right by me again, like purposely do it. Mm, Something is just not on. Now, after the first encounter, after the huge disc, I did hear helicopters shortly after that. I didn't see them, but I heard them. And there is a military base, you know, and or not military, but it's a it's smaller, like a like a. Um, yeah, um, are, there is
0: a reservist base out of.
1: Salem. Reserve base. There right. you go. There, thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know, and and um, so I thought, you know, I know there's always. The helicopters or something always going by, but, but that reserve base, yeah.
0: Let me tell people that don't know the area between Portland and Eugene, Oregon, a little something. This is a highly <laughs> active area for what Chris is describing. Uh, anywhere, I would say, east of Salem, Oregon to Sweet Home, Oregon, to a place called um goat mountain south of the columbia river gorge is highly active and so i'm not surprised at all that this is the area where you saw something this extraordinary and it's uh not surprising that it happened near uh reservist base either um so when when the uh blacked out suv went by how did you take that did you take that as a a warning at all and did it uh mess with your mind
1: no no it didn't it, it just it just made my curiosity go on it didn't slow me down nothing's ever slowed me down when it went they for what they i guess that they were trying to do anything um no i just was i would, like i said I, I was so frustrated because they was i couldn't never talk to anybody and tell them anything about it. Of course, it's such a huge deal, as you know, you know, you kind of can't stop talking about it for a while. So um, it was really kind of a real tricky thing. And then and, and I was just getting so frustrated. And I just knew that, that you know, and that just added to it. If, if I had it my way, I would have, if they would have had completely stopped in the road, I would have just went up to the, the, the Suburban and pounded on the window. You know, and maybe yanked the guy out and probably gotten killed. But nevertheless, (laughs) you know, I was all frustrated at that point in time. And uh, but, you know, it wasn't that I didn't know anything or who to get a hold of. That's what we We get to the after emotions, because the after emotions is what am I going to do? Who am I going to tell? Right. Because all I could do is rant to the family, you know, Mm -hmm. rant to people I know, people I care about. Mm -hmm. That all worked okay because then they're saying, hey, what's up with Chris? Why? You know, so obviously they got that, you know, Chris seen something. But, um, the biggest thing of it was, is, um, not knowing where to connect and who to tell as far as importance, you know? And so I, that's where my only, my mind ever went was, was calling the paper. I even tried to call the news and do a thing. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know where to go. I was caught in this moment of having to tell and what I had seen. It was such a fantastic thing. And, and, um, so I ended up going, and and um, finally I had a friend tell me about well the dreaded Mufon, who I I have a lot to be owed to, but in a way I'm a little bit mm, as you know. So I I handed my my case in to Mufon uh, that I think I called him up that Tuesday because it was a it was a Saturday uh, or Sunday morning I guess when that hit. Um, so I called him on that, maybe it was Tuesday and this, the, uh, Keith Rowell was his name and, uh, he was just shocked. And of course he came that following morning and, um, did a report on me and all that. And, um, that took about probably a good,
2: um,
1: month and a half, two months, maybe for that report to come out, maybe even longer. And they first said that they weren't going to do the report because I didn't have uh, a picture. I didn't have video. And they only wanted to go as, as a site on pictures and videos and all that. And um, so they weren't going to do it at first, right? But I was just really upset. I have to admit, emotions were at its highest. And then so I'm breaking down. I'm all upset. And so they got it. They ended up doing a huge report, one of the biggest reports they ever did and it was, you know, they did a real good job. I bless their hearts. They really did. Keith's a great guy. And, and, um, so anyway, I, you know, I, I, I did that. And then I, um, I guess at the point in time, you know, Keith, you know, I didn't know where to go. I was still at this point of wanting to get my encounter out there. I, um, so I, um, you know, Keith had mentioned, where well, you could get into some radio shows. And then that's when I started kind of getting on the computer and there I went and got in to some radio shows and, uh, started actually got on that probably not really too long after my encounter. Um, which in just months, you know, I guess, I don't know. And, um, kind of started doing that. And then, um, well, some things that happened, I, I was interviewed for, well I've been in for five different television shows, but things just haven't worked out. And, um, you know, kind of guess you made it in his, some, uh,
0: that again well I'm just uh just so you know I'm looking at the uh, case report too um while, yeah. while you're talking here and I've never looked at Keith's sure. actual report here and um they they must have changed your name for this report in the beginning they, they
1: did okay they, they did gotcha. it's okay. Charles yeah Charles Bradley and and it was at that point in time I you know if I would have did it because my name would have came out doing the radio shows oh, and all that I couldn't go by that all the time right and you know, so yeah, that the names have been changed on the report, so that uh, you'll find them kind of somewhat similar, but but no, they're right, they're right. all been they, changed. They, I mean,
0: and for anybody who doesn't know, when you do that, you want to protect people for the most part. Uh, sure, when you're interviewing them there, but um, it's a pretty detailed uh, case study, and your original drawings are here from 2011, which uh, haven't changed at all. Uh, let's go back yeah. a little bit to the beginning of this here you said that when you're outside with your double hooked up hose watering the lawn there that there was a strange absence of people um, I've yeah. heard that before and that mm-hmm. seems to be somehow linked to either a precursor of a sighting or some kind of event um, go into a little more detail about that because I think you find that
1: odd as well right I do. I find it really odd. You know, I lived this, that, that place for, for seven years and in seven years, any other day, but that day at that time of year, you know, it's just traffic. It's got still at that point in time, you had kids running around, uh, riding their bikes and it was summertime. Uh, weather was great. Um, it, it was, you know, it was a nice, you know uh the old neighborhood i lived in we we're all nice houses and and uh people are always out there from you know um kind of that time walking in and going around the blocks there and, and and you know it just was really weird it it and like i said i had to look upon the main road connecting state and sublimity and of course it goes through McMinnville and all through that that way or excuse me not uh, uh Severton. And um, you know, it's just a big main road. I mean, it's not a busy, busy road, but it's a it's a it's a it's a semi busy road where you're gonna get a car coming there at least every, you know, through through regular traffic hours up until, you know, you're gonna get a car coming in there every one to two minutes at least. And there's just nothing. And that was that was the biggest shock to me. It was and of course I didn't even really, even think to even really much about that, even until after you know a little while, but just how much it was dead, you know. Mm-hmm. I, I uh, <laughs> before that, did you, like have, that. Did, you
0: have any, did you have any experience at all, Chris, before this with anything remotely like what you saw in 2011?
1: Well, I had seen a couple of lights when I was out camping one time when we were sitting out there in, in Prineville years, years back, and we seen some, some lights go over the mountain. And of course, Dave was sitting there telling me those were satellites. Well, those didn't look like satellites to me, but to okay, get that, and then it had to be the Thanksgiving before my wife and I were deep frying the turkey at a place where I'd seen my, uh, in Sublimity there, where I had my counter and we seen a, a, and I never told the MUFON, uh, keep this, too. You know why I never did? I, I don't know why. But uh, we've seen a formation of, well, I guess they would have been, they just looked like little dots, little glowing stars, but there was one in front, two um, next side-by-side side each other, kind of far away, and then another one in back. There's four of them. And they were going wide over the, wide over the field where I'd had my encounter at with the big disc. And they went over, and Angie even called up her nephew and her sister-in-law and said, go outside, look, look, look outside, quick, see what we've seen. And, um, you know, I really, truly believe that there's something going on with the government and doing testings within these mountains here because, as you know, we're just surrounded by mountains. So it makes me wonder if there's got to be something going on in the mountains, maybe that area. You know, I don't know. Um, Salem has a lot of tunnels. A lot of people don't, uh, you know who live in Salem would know that they're about to Salem tunnels and all that. And, um, so maybe there's some things going on in the ground. I mean, you, 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 think of the things that you, you do know, but what about all the things you don't know? Mm-hmm. And, um, so yeah, I always think about that. Right. Maybe there's something right. going on there.
0: Okay. Let's describe this uh, giant glass-topped ship. Now, you you say that it has kind of this glass dome, like this protective layer over it, but we don't really know what it was comprised of. We imagine, and the last thing it is is probably glass. It has a clear coating, though, and and it's as big as a city. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, the 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 big on the on the big craft on the first one was. The, the dome on it was huge, the glass dome. If I had to put a size on that glass dome, I you know, I had uh Steve Hutchins, you know, who the head of MUFON and I was on his show, but on his show a couple of times. But uh he uh tried to have me do a, a test, which I guess worked for, for trying to gather the the size of the 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 um, um the what I call the bubble on top of it, which is the the dome, the glass dome. Um, but he said it be from his end about 300 feet in diameter, which to me would make about sense. Okay. Just the double, just 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 the the the, the glass looking. I you know, I say glass, but to me, Toby, I'll say this: it looked almost like a diamond dome on top of it mm-hmm. of the huge craft. And you know, if you think about it, you almost, it's the, what I always say is I always think of like the Jetsons kind of a look with the, with the, <laughs> exactly. the glass bubble thing. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. But those are actually to go into history. I guess these are originally have been one of the first uh, UFOs that have ever really been reported upon has people have been seeing these big glass kind of domes from way back and before we could ever even have this type of technology. So mm-hmm. it makes you kind of wonder, right? Yeah, Wait, so just, this is uh,
0: this is after the sun went down, nine thirty at night. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Yep. So nine thirty at night on of, the second encounter.
1: What kind oh, of on the colors. first encounter? Excuse me.
0: What kind of colors do you see coming off of this craft outside of this well, glass dome?
1: The outside of it, I couldn't see any colors on that on the on the disc far away. But what I could see, and I always say, it was the reflection of the moon. Coming off of the top of the, the 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 diamond dome thing, and how much it, it resembles a jewel it, the 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 like if you just have a diamond and it's sitting in the sun right and it's got the glimmer off of it and it's got kind of the bluish and the yellowish and the kind of somewhat that, that 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 gleam of color that comes off of it that is what I will always describe what seeing from the, from the reflection of the moon reflecting onto that is I could always that it always had that real jewel look. Mm-hmm. And to me, it would only have to be that type of a thing to be able to harness this type of a power. I mean, if you're gonna if you're gonna have what which let's just get into what Bob Lazar talked about, about the element one fifteen, if you're gonna have this special this this major power, you're gonna have to have it in a zirconium type of a diamond something right something strong something powerful that it, it it holds us i mean i couldn't imagine anything better than 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 some type of huge zirconium diamond or something you know something strong that it makes sense you know i know there's a lot of talk about diamonds and computers and stuff so maybe i don't know but um and and also it was my son <clears throat> excuse me who said that uh, his when he seen the the, the clear spear and the orb that we had, he said, Dad, that looked like a big diamond, the clear spear. He was the one that actually used the word diamond at night, and I said, She it did look like a diamond, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. Wow.
1: So, I mean, I, I don't know. I can't say if this was man-made. I can't say what I know about the Bob Lazar technology, and Lazar talks about here, that this apparently he would read that it was from an ancient ground, an ancient technology, that 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 they had gotten this from an archaeological dig. I you know I just um mm-hmm. I don't know you know I I I could just say what I saw.
0: Yeah, I I mean you th- you think about this every day, don't you, Chris?
1: Every five minutes of the day, yeah.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty much consumed you since two thousand and
1: eleven. Right? Well, I've had to let it go because it was consuming me. And I have had to you know, I I, I just have had to have put it mm-hmm. away and it's been very hard. And you know where it's been the hardest is dreams. Dreams of sitting there telling myself to and it's embarrassing. I'm embarrassed to say to say it because you know, telling actors like like I have one night I'm going up to Steven Spielberg and I'm telling him about my encounter. I'm not I'm going to Arnold Schwarzenegger, I'm going to all these people, I'm telling them about my encounter, I'm going to people, I'm trying. <laughs> it's like a it's, it's uh yeah it's um really been something that I had no idea would have uh, stuck with me like this um right but well, I I've, uh, I've had to bury it a little bit you know
0: for as many people that know about your encounter there's still people that should have known more about what happened to you is that the way you feel
1: 110% okay i do Mm-hmm. And I've been upset because, you know, I, what we talked about beforehand, knowing that that maybe these television shows that I had been interviewed for probably would have worked out, in, it, in the sense where they could have filmed something rather if it would have got on 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 air, it would have been just a pilot or what. That's that's mm-hmm. another big obstacle you got to get when you get on these shows. But but to get it out there, but when you find out that people can't look at it or. or do it because somebody, you know, uh, owns your, your encounter all of a sudden, because you've turned it in, it does become very upsetting. And, Mm -hmm. and then you kind of think to yourself, well, in a way, what, I mean, do you guys really want this truth to get out? (laughs) I mean, because, because the way you, you know, you do that at that point in time, now you're restricted. Now everything they stand for, trying to get the truth out, now doesn't get out mm-hmm. because now they own it. Now it's restricted, and now only certain people can talk about it. And um, so it's been a, it's been a hard, it's been a little bit of a stressing deal. And and um, so I'm hoping that um, time will heal. Mm.
0: Well, do you feel like Mufon's been co-opted in any way, shape, or form? That they're trying to uh, take control over stories to monitor them? I'm, I'm trying to figure out why that's that would be would probably my guess okay
1: my guess yeah. is to that and and the instance it's the it's the play pole. i mean you know the move on you work yourself up you get to this certain point mm-hmm. uh you get you know next thing you know you're a move on guy next thing you know you could be eligible if they think you're good looking up talk have the voice and all that to be commentating on one of these shows i've seen it i've watched it Right. And it doesn't take much to move up the top the, the plateau in the move farm program. And then if you move up the plateau, then maybe you might have a chance to get your story told. But unfortunately right. I'm not moving into the plateau of, of the move role. world. I can't, I, I, can. I got my family mm-hmm. and, and, but I kind of truthfully, I feel that's another big part of it. I felt that ultimately they want me to be part of it to go and do all this other stuff. And then maybe they might concentrate on me and my story. And mm-hmm. well, that's that's kind of somewhat what i feel i don't know maybe i'm wrong on that
0: but i don't know i think you i think your story's <laughs> been preserved in kind of a a beautiful way and here's why i say that because had your sh- story been put up on the smaller big screen in any degree chances are just like travis walton they would have taken giant shit all over it And you would have been incredibly unhappy. Now, Travis Walton is the perfect double aside from, you know, the fact that you weren't missing at any time, but uh, as far as incredible encounters and his disgust over anybody that tried to retell it, I mean, you know, the most intimate details. And uh, my opinion, Mm -hmm. I think you need some time to really digest this. I mean, to the point where your story could be told if it was told in any other form than we're doing it right now. You know more details today than you did before because you've had time to digest a drastic worldview. And there's all this PTSD stuff that no one ever wants to really dive into. But PTSD doesn't really mean that you're traumatized to a degree where it's a negative thing. I think you can have some kind of, Uh, emotional trauma for the better as well, where your brain is rewired to accept a new reality. And um, so I, you know, who knows what uh, will happen in the next couple of years. Mm -hmm. And um, anyway, I I hear you getting down on yourself and, uh, you know, feeling as though it's not being acknowledged properly. It should be, uh, but I think you've kind of been saved because of all of the BS out there. What do you think of that comment?
1: Well, and I do think about that too. I do. It's just my thing of it is I, I put a lot of time and effort and energy mm-hmm. and to, to doing what I, what I, what I believed in and, were, and, and I, and, you know, I, I, I did get, you know, around and do these things and I probably could have done a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, but then of course you get these other things that, that hit me that, that, that throw me just for the, throwing my hands up in the air and saying, mm-hmm. screw this crap, I'm done, you know? And, Right. And, um, so it's, it's, it's been a big thing. Um, I can't sit here and be up all upset on MUFON and whatever, because they did help me. I mean, for crying out loud, let's be honest. If, if it hadn't been for MUFON that, that, that went in and did my report, nobody would even know about me. So, you know, I I, these people won't even get back to you. The funny thing of it is Toby, is that I went around and sent all these people, these, my MUFON report, all these Mm -hmm. people that I had seen to, to whatever. And, Uh, they didn't get back to me. They rarely got back to me. A few of them did. And I'll tell you on a couple of those people that I just have so much respect for was one of them was Nick Pope. Now, Nick has been a big supporter and, and Nick got right back to me. Nick's been a great guy. And the other one is, and has turned into a good friend. It's been William Burns. as People might know from UFO hunters and aliens and, you know, all these things. Mm-hmm. in which I worked with Bill and Nancy on their on their radio show for, for a good year or so. And um they've been very supportive, mm-hmm. you know, and these people. But 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 then there's a lot of them that, that, that I aren't, that I would call followers. Mm-hmm. There's one gentleman that I sent my, my my encounter when it was just in MUFON and he never got back to me. Well, I'll tell you about the day they all got back to me it was the day it went into open minds. Hell. If I would have known that my encounter would, would have gotten 10 times farther in open minds, I would have went reported it to Andrew, uh, uh, or, or excuse me, Alejandro. his name. Said, Alejandro. Alejandro, yes, yeah. there you go. And reported it to him. Because I tell you what, it went to a lot farther once he got rid of it, and people started listening. All that I had to do is I never sent the MUFON report. I just sent the open mind things. As soon as I did it, they all got back to me.
0: Right. And Alejandro used to be a part of Mufon, didn't he? I mean, he
1: was. He was. Of, he know. was. And then he went off on it and did his own thing. And it was very, and he's been another uh, a great guy. Mm-hmm. And, but the thing of it is, is that it, that's been frustrating. So when I say that to some people or whatever, what, and then, and then they don't get back to me. And then later on they get back to me. And, you know, because of it, it's just, it just really shows their true colors they're what they're mm-hmm. all about. And I right. call them as followers. So let the followers run around and tell my story. That's fine, but but it isn't me telling it, and they aren't going to get the heart and passion and, and, and where it really is coming from. If the third third party, you know, storyteller, that's fine, and, but right. you know it's frustrating.
0: Let, well, let's go back again to 2011 because I don't want to leave that initial encounter. Now, would you, sure. if you had to do it all over again, would you have rather not seen what you had seen? even where you are today with the f- fact that you feel as though it's been improperly handled, would you still have this life changing experience? I would never
1: walked outside. I would have never walked outside. I would have, n- I would have just, no, I would not even looked up in the sky. I would have just been looking at the ground and, and doing what I was doing because um yeah, why well, it's, it's been hard. It's been very hard. I've, I've, yeah, it's, it's, it's very hard because I, 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 uh, uh, I put my heart out and I tell people and people do get me, mm-hmm. but you know, um, there's, there's another people that probably think different. And, uh, you know it's just been, um, it's been a real mind, uh, mind stroke for me for sure.
0: Have you gone back to this site? Do you have like <clears throat> an anniversary in August where you make a pilgrimage back up to sublimity to go to the area? Well,
1: I don't. No, I I really don't. I uh, the house was sold, so you know, and and I do go by my mom's. My mom's, you know, just would go right past there to go to her place. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I haven't. I do go there and still look in the field and I go by on on Highway 20, um, 22 there, and uh, I can see the side of the field that's, uh, you know, that it's our, and I kind of look and reminisce and all that, and then. Um, but no, I haven't. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, in a way, I'm kind of glad in a way I, I liked that house. I love the neighborhood. I, I didn't want to have to move, but in a way, kind of glad I did, um, mm-hmm. just to get it all gone. And, and it was really hard to go outside at night. Uh, it, <laughs> it became, uh, scary. And, um, so I, I kind of catered my going out at night after a while. It's gotten better now, but Chris course,
0: hits me right now. What do you, mean, me right what do you mean it scared you, Chris?
1: Describe what you mean by that. Because I don't want it to hit again. I don't want to see anything again. I don't want it in my mind again. I don't want it refreshed in my mind. I don't want to have to think about it more than I'm already thinking about it right now. I don't want anything else to happen to me. That's really, that's that's what I'm afraid of. That's is the that biggest be, fear.
0: Is that because of the consequences of it,
1: or what? Just because I can't get it out of my head, I keep uh-huh. on thinking, I'm talking. It, it's just that whole reliving this everything over it all. Uh-huh. If I had had something like that, I, I just it would be very hard for me to to, yeah. I can really, just try not to even think about it. I try to just to, to hope that it will never happen.
0: So, if you had a, a sighting of some kind uh again and it brought you closer to answers privately would you would you go for something like that
1: i i just don't know if it could get me closer to those answers Mm -hmm. privately i i just don't know you know i just uh i guess that's something i never really thought about Mm -hmm.
0: well because before you're so public about what you'd seen now Mm -hmm. uh, if you had another experience maybe you wouldn't go public with it maybe it would be a private moment yeah
1: It would, be, yeah, it, probably, it would be, it would be, it would be that, that I've thought about for sure that it would be, mm-hmm. cause I would never want to go out and go, Oh, what happened again? And then go out and give a whole another encounter. And then, 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 everybody's looking at the, at the bullshit, you know, right. thing. like, Oh yeah. He's just so sure. Right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Right. So it's been, you know, that's, 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 that always sits in your mind, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, there's there's people out there that that just want to just go and and have these things all the time and then keep going. Well, look what I summons down, and look at this, and look at this, and look. At this, and then you're looking at it going. Well, mm, I don't know. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a tricky thing. It's 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 so been like I said, it's been a real like mind been, stroke. You haven't been marked
0: uh, by them. Do you know what I mean by that? They haven't reached out to you
1: in any private way, or would you even tell me? Well, I just don't know. Uh, And I, and I personally know, I don't think so, but, but, um, you know, I would think if they, they reached out or if I was marked or whatever, they would be doing this in my sleep or something. I don't know. Um, I have had people go and, 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 um, want to give me, you know, some, um, you know, hypnosis, but, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I didn't have any missing time or anything like that. And to tell you the truth, I, there's a big part of me that just, just kind of just, just, uh, you know, I do my radio shows here and all that, but there's still a little bit of part of me that well, I don't know. It's like, I'm, it's like, I'm in a, I'm, I'm, I say that, but then I'm on some days, I'm, I just want to forget. But then on other days, you know, I I feel like I have to get it out. It's Mm -hmm. it's just a complete mind scramble. I tell you, I, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's it's been something that, so it's all, this is like when you say do you wish you had ever seen it? And this is when I say no. So then I wish I had never seen it, so then I would never have to deal with any of these things, right? i just be back to my regular self.
0: It's so important, Chris, uh, that you tell your story, but only when you're uncomfortable doing it. Um, yeah. There are, there are so many people that will never reach out to me or you that hear encounters like this, and it... It means the world to them in a really private way. Uh, I know that because they've reached out to me through emails or pulled me aside. And they're extremely shy and vulnerable types. And um, it, it does a lot for the private listener because they have been sure. you know, deeply, profoundly scarred or moved or transformed by this. And whole families have been uh, torn apart based upon the fact that there's somebody in the family or multiple people in the family that have been changed by the supernatural. And so yeah. um, I encourage you to keep talking about it. I'm super glad that you're doing it right now. Um, I want to talk a little bit about this thing that got incredibly close to you and your son. It almost sure. sounds like what we would call an, you know, a typical orb, but very atypical yeah. looking. And I encourage people to go on... Uh, to the Facebook page, I believe it's the Sublimity UFO uh, Facebook. It's page. Sublimity Close Encounter. Sublimity Close Encounters, and this it yeah. literally looks like what you saw is off a Led Zeppelin album. <laughs> it's uh, it's yeah. totally trippy. So, describe what this was like because you saw something totally alien and. Uh, when I, You know, when I've seen these lights before, not to the degree what you've described, but uh, there is this organic quality, uh, living quality to them, interactive quality. Were you getting anything yeah. like that off of it?
1: I do feel like there was an interactive. I do feel that it was a supercomputer in the sense that this thing uh, with all... It had in it, uh, with the golden dust, the red or whatever, to me was just a, a supercomputer. It was just a, 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 a um, hypersonic <laughs> supercomputer. That's really the feeling that I got on this thing. I mean, if you know the world, how computers and all that is, uh, how computers now, they even talk about using diamonds within computers or conium diamonds and this and that speeding up the way that computers work so much faster by doing in this way to me this looked like a complete just a computer the the, the most sophisticated computer you could ever even get and then flying at, at at you know at literally at light speed because um i did feel like it was I guess maybe a, a probe or something too on that sense. Maybe it could fly upon these things, hook itself back up on the just kind of think like the Matrix, you know, hook itself back up on the ship, and then it you know, and it can be part of that, or then it could fly off and kind of be one of these, these these drones or these eyeballs or whatever the eyes in the sky since form. Mm-hmm. And um, I do get a little bit of that. Now I've did radio shows. We had on on um, Future Theater. We did. Uh, an orb show, and, um, you know, they had one guy on there, uh, Chris Bones, and he talked about how he uh, could see a face within the orb, or somebody else, maybe hear, but somebody could see a face within the orb. Now, I have to say, this thing with a plasma TV, if it needed to be all right, it could be the highest resolution TV, I'm sure, no problem. So, when somebody says they see a face in it, I don't know. To me, I that's that's in my head. That's what I think. But uh, you know, I just I just don't know. I can only tell in the orb way I see because when I've had in contact with other people talking about orbs, they're they're describing a little bit different things and mm-hmm. similar, but not given a real you know what I'm kind of just given you know exactly what I saw. So it's it's a little bit you know it's a little bit mm-hmm. different on the orb thing. You kind of hear different stories, but there definitely seem to be something there, you know, Mm -hmm. like it was probing. It's got that feeling. (laughs) And and how much does your son still remember? We don't talk about it much. We just don't talk about it at all. Uh, It's been something that, that, well, we bring it up, but, um, he still has a lot of memory when I do talk about it. He still says, yeah, he can remember and all that. The last time I had had him, I did, he did a show. He was on, um, a lot put him on feature theater when, um, at Bill and Nancy. And, uh, you know, the you know, he, he was at that point in time, I guess he was probably 12 years old, maybe at that point in time. So it would have been a few years after. Mm-hmm. And, um, so. Well, so yeah. It's a, been uh, something a, we just don't talk about.
0: He's a young man now. I mean, uh, he's yep. Yeah, he'll be, yeah. uh, 18 here. Yeah, yeah. And the, um, he <laughs> could kick your ass.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He's stronger than I am now. So he's kicking my ass. He's at the gym every night, doing his uh-huh. everything. Yep. He's uh-huh. got a car, his truck. He's, mm-hmm. oh, yeah. He's looking eye to eye to me now. So,
0: <laughs> so yeah. you guys never, you guys never pack up, uh, the four wheel drive and head out to the mountains and go UFO hunting?
1: No. That's no. But it's affected him less, uh-huh. which I'm glad. I'm glad it's affected him. He doesn't, he doesn't, uh, seem to have any, any issues as, you know, I don't think of, of going out or doing anything. It doesn't, you know, he just is a normal kid and I'm glad, know, I worked hard kind of not to get him involved in the UFO gig and put him on just a couple of shows. But other than that, I just, you know, I just let it go and let him be right. his, do his thing. So, mm-hmm.
0: So nothing's happened to you since then, uh, to the degree that uh, at least you remember. But uh, what about the rest of your family? Has anybody else had a sighting? Do you feel like anyone in the family has been contacted in any way?
1: You know, nobody in the family. The only one I can say would be my cousin, Norm, who had an interesting encounter, um, actually right about the same time that I had had my encounter uh with some type of light. I, I can't even know what happened to him and Jeremy Hall, but it was big enough that they told me about it and it stuck with them. You know, a bright light chasing them or something. I I just can't remember the whole the whole A to Z, but it was something to that degree. And um and those are the only ones, you know, I, I I uh I don't really know. You know, my my grandma when I told her about my grandpa was already passed. I did tell my grandma, of course, and that was all happening. She was alive, and she remembered when the um, Roswell thing happened. She started giving me Roswell details about kind of small things she remembered when when that took place. She was like, what, 21 or something when that that happened at the time. So that was kind of interesting. But, of course, Mm -hmm. to me, it almost just sounded like grandma was just telling what she watched on TV. So
0: (laughs) I didn't (laughs) really know, right? Right.
1: (laughs) But. Where are you
0: at, Chris, with the current state of things as far as disclosure and um, what's going on with Luis Elizondo and Commander Favor? Yeah, Surely you're following all this.
1: Uh, well, actually, you know, I, I, I really probably, I don't follow a lot of it. So I, I don't really know. I know that, you know, they're trying to get this, you know, every year it's going in there and talking about a, you know, um, trying to, you know, open up the books or whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, this technology that I've seen Mm. looked really deadly inside that clear sphere, very radioactive. And I don't think the government's coming out anytime soon. And it's going to go tell everybody that, uh, they're flying around this radioactive stuff. Mm. And, um, well, if it crashes right there, we got Fukushima uh, but, uh, you know, nobody really wants to know that these would be basically telling people that all your boats to dismantle, this stuff is really means nothing because, um, they're using it for other things. And that's a big thing for people. And then you got the other issue with people with big money, big oil, gas, and all that. These people have to go, they have to You kidding. And, and, you know, and, and so it's a, it's a big thing and there's a lot of big other people out there that they're, they're uh, you know. I guess you gotta, you know, think about other big things that people want around, besides, you know, free energy and, right. and, and of course, it's dangerous. You know, you can't. As much as we want to talk about free energy, I mean, it's. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not a scientist, but but mm-hmm. I, you know, have heard Bob Lazar, and this sounds pretty Bob Lazar-ish. What we've seen, and this is very deadly stuff. This is stuff that that is, um, you know, very deadly. And it's not something that if it crashes and it lands on the ground, you can mm-hmm. just go over and get a small little cleanup crew and well, there you go, you took care of it. Now you can build a house mm-hmm. and a mall and everything on it again. Well, I don't know, apparently not that kind of thing. It's all radiated and in, in junk land where everything's mm-hmm. crashed. So
0: yeah, yeah, according to Bob Lazar, right, he made uh, he was speculating that he was replacing a scientist or two of them that blew themselves up trying to cut a reactor open. Uh, Yeah, the sport model in the area or S4. So, I think he would agree with you. But you keep going back visually to what was inside this orb, which is this little teardrop. It almost looks like a a a blood drop of some kind. Yeah, describe that Mm -hmm. in more detail to people.
1: That well, you know, the funny thing was when it came by, it almost looked like a rose, (laughs) like it was like a like because it was blood red, glowing blood red just like i guess you can see but it's glowing i mean you know we have a when you have a molting lava look to it and it glows like that it's the closest thing i can think to it but this was red cherry red and when it went by us and it was spinning backwards right it was going forward you know it was you know i think of the, the counterclockwise you know the albert einstein always doing a spinning thing because this thing was spinning that's like i said when we could we could see when it got uh and away from us, from the, looking at it from behind, or in front of us whatever, it was uh it was in teardrop shape, the red uh, inside the the sphere it was in, you could just tell it was in a teardrop shape of the spinning because it was all spinning the whole apparatus, the sphere and everything was spinning inside it. It was like the the, the golden dust or whatever was was making the, the whole thing spin around. <laughs> And I, you know, I, I, um, but it, but it definitely, uh, you know, resembled what Bob Lazar talked about. Um, I didn't really, I know, I knew the story on Bob Lazar. I had, I had heard that years ago. Uh, I was probably just at a, a, you know, late teens when I heard his story right back in 89, it's like 17 or something. Mm-hmm. But, um, I didn't know details of what all he had really talked about and, and, and detail. And then of course, when I seen what we seen and then I started doing the research and then that's actually, which I kind of am kind of bummed out because on the report it says crop circles and all this. I simply said, I seen no videos and I have orbs of them going over fields. And then I kind of gave a little description of what the spinning and how that would look, which I think it's probably dead on. Sure. But that doesn't mean exactly mm-hmm. – I kind of wish I hadn't connected that to my UFO gig, but maybe I shouldn't have went on that tirade, I guess. I don't know. Everything's just a freaking
0: <laughs> – Well, now, look, <laughs> no, let's go. I want to talk to you about this gold dust. The the gold yeah. dust is, is separated from the orb. Is that what you're saying? From it's, the –
1: from a... the, yep, and it's, okay. in the, it's, it's in the middle spot of – I wish I could have depicted that more in the mm-hmm. picture, that I got, what I made. I just got a a time warp bubble, and then I mixed everything together with the colors around the edges of it. And but if I could have depicted the golden dust floating around the clear sphere, uh, like I said, there was so much golden dust it looked like it looked like you were looking in the Milky Way as far as so many just or static TV. But it was floating around, like like a bunch of like golden bees floating around this thing. It, it was very. um alive inside with that golden dust as best i could say which to me seemed like the golden dust was spinning the the whole apparatus around the bubble now i've heard i don't know how that bubble thing got around this sphere. i've heard that once it spins at a certain speed it creates this vortex around it okay i guess i don't know but that's what it was doing um uh, the vortex around it creates a bunch of golden dust too i don't know i don't know if that's I'm just i'm not a scientist i'm just a, i'm just a regular guy but and, and um and, and what time of night was this that there was at not at 12 o'clock uh a.m so it'd be midnight on a sunday the 27th we, we were out there like a, it was uh, it was a. Uh, it was Saturday. We were out there watering it, probably got and it got, you know, past midnight when I was done and the encounter hit. So it was just shortly after midnight.
0: Right, right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then you said that it took off over the top of a manhole and fled over a power line and arced it.
1: Is that well, yeah, you? there's the manhole cover on the ground. Yeah, the manhole cover on the, on the, on the street. And then the, um, there's a cul-de-sac in my street there. And then right across running was a little cul-de-sac. And then it had the power line that goes over into the little cul-de-sac area where well, there's a power power line uh, with the, with the um, transformer was right there. And when it shot off of the iron plate manhole cover and the sparks danced around, the sparks went off of the transformer on the, um, on the power pole too. And I even had um, the neighbor that worked at the power company. Um, Vance and so I stopped him and he was one guy I did tell and he went and checked at the power company to see if there's any power surges or anything that night and there wasn't. So I haven't had it. It was just a clear night.
0: Yeah, just a regular clear Mm -hmm. night.
1: Yeah. Yep. Vance is always running around late at night every time there'd be a storm or something and there he's having to go by in a PE truck or whatever. So I knew who to go to. He really took me in too. And, um, so he went right down there and checked all out and he said, no, but I'll be honest, as much power as this thing was possession, it could, it, it could have fueled the whole town. I'm sure. So I'm sure it was, you know, it probably didn't show up And plus tricking the whole system. Of course. I mean, you know, people kind of go and trick these, uh, meters all the time. Mm-hmm. So until they put in the smart meters, which I'm sure they'll outsmart smart, smart meter, but, uh, <laughs> right, right. That, yeah, so yeah, you know, that's, Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know that's no problem there. I mean these things are the biggest thing of it is is these things sit up in the sky, and they have the ability to sit right in between the signal coming in from the satellite into the ground up coming up from the satellite into the UFO through the UFO back to the satellite, and they're gathering every single information we're probably saying and gathering and right and doing. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing people need to think about when you think, well, gosh. That's weird. It just came at the right time. There was nobody here. There was nobody there. It was, isn't it always convenient that UFO encounters always seem to happen when it's at least nobody there or that 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 right precision, that right timing. It's like everything's like, you, you know. I would imagine, of course, if you're dealing with spe, uh, spe, uh, uh time travel, excuse me, that that uh, it's pretty easy. It's a lot like a Bill and Ted that Excellent Adventure. You know, when they went to go steal their dad's car keys, right? Right. If you remember that scene in there, they're okay, duck. And they're ducking, they're moving, they're doing all the same perfect timing, right? When to go, when to move, mm-hmm. and nobody's there. And it kind of makes you think about the UFO and the way the UFO works. That, that if you were actually a UFO, that would be the best way to work, right? And I if you had the way of
0: I can't tell people yeah. the amount of times that I've heard encounter stories, not just UFO stories, about how things went quiet and silent and there was an absence of. Of noise, almost like you're in a bubble, and there was nobody around when there should have been somebody around, including a case where a guy was in traffic in LA and there was nobody on I 5 North and South during 12 sure. o'clock rush hour. Um, so yeah. it's not surprising at all, of course, but you had confirmation. Other people did see what you'd seen and for your first mm-hmm. encounter, and then your son saw your second yeah. encounter. So, you know, there's confirmation.
1: Well, and just go a little bit farther. So, just to step through, here it is, uh, just happened about three years ago, maybe. Maybe not even that. I uh, thought, well, gosh, you know, let me get on YouTube and uh, just just see. Just go uh, UFO encounter uh, in uh, Oregon, uh, um, 2011, August um, 27th. Well, boom. I went, clicked on there at uh, the, I can't remember where they're at. They're about 70 miles away from me at the whatever marina. Uh, dad and son and family was taking a picture of an orb up in there. So I kind of, that made me feel good. And they was only just, you know, not far from me. I still have the video here. I'll, I'll actually send that to you here when I'm done. And, um, should have sent that to you before I forgot. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so so that made me feel good because I thought, gosh, somebody had to see the thing to film it. You know? I mean you would think that, oh my God, all these cameras and all that around, somebody had to have seen it to film it. Right. And um yeah, but it is very, very odd. These are the things that I've always heard too, is just the timing nobody's there, nobody's around. Um you know, it's just but it but in the way of the UFO and time travel, it would only be that way, I would expect. I mean, right? You're dealing with advanced, you know, smart beings, you know, dealing with the future. So, I mean, hey, they're they're plotting out every move like chess, right?
0: Yeah, to a degree, but sometimes they seem prone to accidents. It just, it's, it, it sure. always surprises me just how well mm-hmm. things are choreographed for a moment like yours. And then all of a sudden it's just like, oh yeah, we crashed a spaceship or, you know, oh, we, you know. Saw Bigfoot stumble across the freeway. It's just like, okay, now these things have an appreciation yeah. for quantum mechanics, and and time is uh, appreciated totally different than our understanding. Yet they seem to be prone to real clumsy errors and judgment once in a while.
1: Sure, and then you got to look at the uh, they got to look at maybe if there's two factors is 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 the one factor a government factor that's that's screwing up. Is the other factor the factor of the u f o the real uFO the alien coming from or another dimension or galaxy or whatever that that's that's got us shit together more than of course the us here were we're screwing up still could it be the two signals and then they're you know they're 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 canceling each other out because people are getting confused because we don't know who's who right so so it's easy to maybe look at it like that when when maybe you know it's maybe the two things and Mm-hmm. I I just don't know. All I all I know is that uh, I um, just you know it'd be nice to it's for the for the government sure to come out and say, but but there is a big part of me that gets why the government doesn't. Um, you know, just because of the fact of the of what exactly they're dealing with, but um, yeah, yeah it's, a, it's a It's a do
0: you waver one way or another, Chris, about whether or not this was back engineered tech from us
1: uh you sure there water. is the only thing yeah the only thing and that I, I do that all the time the only thing really toby that gets me that makes me think maybe this wasn't was the sheer size of the disc on the first encounter because i'm going to be honest that thing was so big first of all let's get to the one thing the the dome on it the glass diamond looking dome thing was the biggest dome that could ever be uh, constructed as far as a a clear bubble, anything like that. Uh, That, that, that right there would have been world record size. I mean, it would have been on, you know, Guinness book world record that in itself. Now let's just step to the size of the craft. All right. The craft that was basically a freaking city in the sky. Okay. These are things that we just don't have that we can't, you know, and so I'm, ha- that's the only thing in my head that thinks that it was out of this world was because of those two things. Because what I saw were Guinness Book World Record things, the size of that craft being as huge as, I mean, they swamped an aircraft carrier. And then the huge gigantic dome glass bubble looking thing that's, you know, so that, those are things that made me think it's out of this world. But then you hear, you know, and you know, you don't know where things are being made. You know, hey, you know, we do build big things. Um, So
0: who knows? Okay, so uh, the aircraft carrier analogy, just so people know, I was on an aircraft carrier for three and a half years, the John C. Stennis out of San Diego, and that's 5,000 plus. Uh, That's Mm -hmm. a big, big item. If you were to Mm -hmm. hasten a guess, maybe you've had time to think about this. How many individuals could have fit inside that glass dome?
1: uh, Every friend I ever knew, every person I ever knew, I I always think about that. I was telling somebody that the other day, or how many people I could fit on uh, my father-in-law. I was telling how many people I think I could fit on that UFO. I said I could fit every single person I ever knew. I don't know how many, (laughs) thousands of people. You know, I can only put myself thinking of like a a sports arena or something, you know, with mass more people in it. I mean, it was huge. It was gigantic. It, It took, it was... Maybe it wasn't the size of an aircraft carrier, but it wasn't any difference of the size. For crying out loud, mm-hmm. it was huge. It was mm-hmm. lucky it was just that size. That's the only size I could put on a luxury cruise ship aircraft carrier carrier. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, it's it sounds it sounds massive, and uh, mm-hmm. and you had such a good view of it, and it's burned into my brain.
1: Yeah, that now. one there was probably about a mile and a half from me. Well, which is That's nothing not estimate, for something that
0: size. I mean, I can see an aircraft carrier mm-hmm. easily uh, from uh, a mile and a half. I'm I'm near an, uh, a base out here in Bremerton, Washington. Um yeah. The uh, the Nimitz is uh, ported out of Bremerton, so I get to see that all the time. Mm-hmm. A mile and a half is nothing, and um, it sounds yeah. like what you're describing is is larger than an aircraft carrier for sure.
1: Yeah, yeah, it was huge it was gigantic and that's a big, huge, gigantic field. I mean, that field is just its massive. And, um, so, you know, it, it, it really was the, the, it was, that's a big thing. I, I have to say it was, um, I just never went, went by and I was kept watching it. It reminded me of the star Wars. I, I always give the, 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 the front when you're beginning of star Wars and the, the, um, big ship goes by at the very beginning you know and it just keeps going and going and going and and uh kind of had that way you know it just was amazing i i sitting here talking about it you know it brings it all back of course and it just uh it's just mind-boggling now
0: um, you said it was near a mountain you kept on mentioning yeah a mountain what was that mountain called again
1: uh Macaulay mountain was the big mountain, but there's just mountains all around, you know, I'm mm-hmm. like I said, I'm in state and they right out or sublimity right outside, uh, mm-hmm. Salem. So, you know, on highway 22, there are all those mountains that goes up to Detroit Lake and all that, and just oh, all right. those in, up in there. Okay. And, um, yeah, you know, and it really does. It makes you wonder if there's just a lot going on in these mountains. Um, they're, they're the perfect area to do it. We we really aren't that far from Boeing um in the in the midst of just getting up in the sky and being up in the air and and so it makes you wonder what we have going on here mm-hmm. um but but it but it would seem a real problem uh you know something i could see them having tunnels going from mountain to mountain area and mm-hmm. and doing and building things in there i mean uh, that would make sense Um mm, uh, right i'd right. love to be a a spider on the wall and in those mountains but um
0: well hey, most of know. these uh are- uh, areas you're talking about are accessible i mean they the majority of oregon is still you know unregulated uh, for the time being to where you can get up into pretty much anything other than warehouse or property if it has a gate sure. you can still walk behind it uh you can you can hunt yep. in most of these areas especially where you're describing so this sounds like an area where you could actually still go back to and retrace exactly where this craft was is that is that possible? Yeah,
1: yeah. sure, I could. Mm-hmm. And you know, on the day after the big the big uh, disc, they um, had uh, burned the field. I they was kind of thought that was weird, but uh, come to find out, the farmer kind of did that every year. But burned the field, and uh, was kind of uh, you know because there was there was and wanted to go out there with Mufon, but Mufon uh, didn't want to go out there uh to the farmers and knock on the door and say hey can we look out in your your thing which kind of bummed me out i kind of thought that was you know kind of <laughs> half-ass uh you know reporting but anyway um i was all up for it going in there and knocking on their door and saying hey and at least having this guy here to say this is who we are and maybe they would have took us in and said well okay gosh that's interesting yeah you're welcome to go out there and look and then what if we would have out there and we we caught all these you know radio. uh whatever on the Geiger counter or whatever, or the grass was messed with, or it just, things weren't right. And, uh, you know, it just, just, you know, made it that much better, but, uh, well no, it didn't happen. So, but, uh, Mufon did what they did and, and I'm thankful on them to, you know, so.
0: Well, Chris, um, I appreciate you coming on the show and telling your story once again, and uh, I'll get it out to as many people as I can here. And, um, you know, if someone wants to reach out to you, it looks like they can go on the Facebook page. Do you ever check that out? They can, yeah. They can. Okay, great. Well, you heard it. And I'll get back Uh, to you. Definitely reach out to Chris if you know anything about uh, what he saw. Um, you can reach out to him privately on Facebook, and I'll put a link up here. I'm also going to put your original uh, MUFON report on the link as well, just too. so people can see firsthand your Perfect. official drawings. Yeah. Cool, man. Wonderful. We'll get back uh, to your family, and um, I will uh, be in touch with you shortly. I appreciate you coming on. Good
1: talk, and um, we, uh, we'll talk soon. Okay. Thanks, buddy. Bye. All
0: right. Again, that was Chris Brown from Roseburg, Oregon, at this point. Again, the show links for the MUFON report is definitely worth looking at. So you'll find those on our podcast host, redcircle.com. All you do is go to strangebrowradio.com. Well, you're listening to this somehow. And uh, in the show notes, should be a shareable hyperlinked. To the actual MUFON report, which has sketches, the full detail of uh, Chris's encounter, which hasn't changed changed in IOTA. Um, so te- check that out. Also, you can, as I said, uh, help out the show here by getting some of our merchandise. We have uh, our Strange Brow... Radio merchandise, including hoodies, shirts, and, and whatnot. You can find that at strangeaboutradio.com or uh, subscribing. You can be a patron member and get uh, extra episodes. Now, I will mention that um, by the time this episode already went up, there is a, a new February video up there from Northern State Mental Hospital, including episode, I believe it is uh, 53 with Brenda Kinzer from uh, what is known as The Farm. I did a video session there, and we had a, a pretty wild reaction possibly from taking a haunted object out of the property. So I tell more about that uh, within the video. So you can check that out. Again, strangebrowradio.com I'm sorry, patreon.com slash strangebrowradio. And also come to one of our live events. You can do so at The Manresa Castle. That's in Port Townsend, Washington. The only castle in Port Townsend, Washington. Book a room. Uh, Marcia K. Moore of the Elongated Skulls. Uh, She's doing a repatriation of who these people were and getting some pretty bizarre results. So she'll be on hand. Uh, I'll be interviewing her from 6 to 9 again on March 7th. Free show, great food, new ownership. Uh, It is worth the experience to go to this castle. So that, uh, again, is coming up on March 7th. All right. We will see you next week. Of course, every Monday is where you can find us. And uh, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. I will see you in the trees.